0: Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prasthaya Shri Srimate Bhakti Vedaya. Hare Krishna Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna Hari 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 Ramu Hari Ramu Rama Ramu Hari Hari Maha Hari Krishna Hari Krishna Hare Brown, Ramo, Hare Ramoнд flames Ramo Ramo, Ramo. Rama 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 Hare Radha Damodara, Mudara, Damodara, Jaya Radha Damodara, Radha Damodara. Jaya Gauda Nikaya Gauda Nikaya Gauda Nikaya Jaya Prabhu 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 Prabhupada. 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 Prabhupada.
1: Premanande Hari Namo Jayong Vishnupad, Param Honshapori Brajaka Charger, Ostut Tarishatushi Shimad, Abhoi Charanaru in the Bhaktivedanta Swami, Prabhupad Jayong Vishnupad, Param Honshapori Brajaka Charger, Ostut Tarishatushi Shimad, Bhaktishit Dhanto Sharishatitakur Ki. Anantapoti Vaishnav Vrindaki Jai Namachar Jishri Haridas Thakur Ki Jai Premse Kahush Krishna Chaitana Prabhunityananda Shri Advaito Gadadhar Shibashadigor Bhakta Vrindaki Jai Shri Shri Radha Krishna Gopinath, Sham Kunda Radha Kundu Girigo Vardhaniki Jai Shri Shri Radha Damodari Ki Jai, Shri Shri Gaur Nitai Ki Jai, Shamu Veto Bhakta Vrindaki Jai, Jagadguru Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, ISKCON Founder Acharya His Divine Grace Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. All glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga, all glories to Śrīla Prabhupāda. Namam Viṣṇupadāya Krishna Prashthāya Bhūtale Śrīmate Bhaktivedanta Swāmī Niti Nāmīne Namaste Śārāśyate Deve Gauravānī Pracharine, Nirviṣeṣa Śrīna paschatta Pāścattā Śrīla Prabhupāda. Shri, Shri, Radha, Dhamada Rikki Hare Krishna So how is everybody this morning? What
2: happened?
1: You are so ecstatic that you can't even speak There is a state of being speechless in ecstasy Anyway, it's a beautiful day today and I'm very happy to be with you all again. This morning I took it a little easy. I had been kind of feeling a little jet lagged. Uh, so how you all are enjoying and uh, appreciating this retreat? Thank you very much. So this is a session when we are going to discuss about Śrīla Prabhupāda's position as Founder Acharya of ISKCON. Everybody knows that Śrīla Prabhupāda is the Founder of Acharya, but we are trying to understand the purpose and the need of that. Not only the title, it's not only the title, it's a position Uh, That's what we actually Going to discuss, we had been discussing about this topic since many many years Um, I remember in 1993 The GBC actually passed a resolution That Prabhupada Is the No, 1993 the proposal came up in the GBC meeting and approved officially that Śrīla Prabhupāda is the Founder Acharya of ISKCON and what Prabhupāda wanted uh, that wherever the name would come ISKCON Prabhupāda's name should be there under that uh, the Founder Acharya also we considered that (coughs) Prabhupāda's other wishes pertaining to this title founder Acharya. Then I think in nineteen ninety eight or ninety nine it was a resolution was passed that Srila uh, Prabhupada, as the founder Acharya will be seen as will be recognized or be the acharya, the guru, the Shiksha Guru, the preeminent Shiksha Guru of all the devotees of Iskon for all time. Now I'm sorry, this was in 1997. That Prabhupada will be the Prabhupada is the guru, the, the Shiksha Guru of all devotees of Ishman for all time. And then in 99 we actually passed a resolution that anyone who accepts Śrīla Prabhupada as the founder Acharya and the and the GBC body as the ultimate managing authority, irrespective of his background, like if he is coming from some other sampradaya or if he is initiated by some guru outside of Iskon, can be can become a member of ISKCON. The criteria for becoming a member of ISKCON is simply uh, these two factors. Accepting Srila Prabhupada as the founder Acharya and which means preeminent Shiksha Guru. Accepting uh, accepting Prabhupada as the founder Acharya and as the preeminent Shiksha Guru and the GBC as the ultimate managing authority. That means we are going to abide by the dictates of the GBC or the decisions of the GBC directions of the GBC then uh, even though we may be initiated by somebody else outside of ISKCON uh, we can become a member of ISKCON not that we have to ter- take re-initiation in ISKCON again no anybody can join ISKCON So this is this is how over a period of time Prabhupada's position has been more and more emphatically uh, established in his And then in 2006 the strategic planning committee Mm -hmm. had their first meeting in Italy in in Villaggio. No, I'm sorry, in Prabhu Pradesh, Padova. And there, some committees uh, pertaining to this strategic planning were formed. And one of the, one of the committees was Srila Prabhupada's position committee. And uh, since then, twice a year we had been meeting. The GBC meets twice a year nowadays once in March and once in February, March, once in October twice we meet and in these GBC meeting in the strategic planning committee we extensively discuss about Prahankar's position how to establish how to uh, confirm, how to uh, properly uh, uh, make the devotees understand uh, Prabhupada's very important position as the founder acharya. And then, as uh, Ramana Saruprabhu mentioned yesterday, about uh, four years back, uh, we, while we were discussing about that, Ravin Saruprabhu was asked to give a uh, r- kind of written under, written way write down our concepts that we uh, developed through all these meetings and accordingly Ravina Surya Prabhu came up with this just four pages of writing four pages he mentioned that that uh, he was actually thinking very deeply at night about that and then he got up and he typed out uh, what came to his mind about Srila Prabhupada's position the understanding that we developed through extensive discussions for so many years ago. and I think every senior devotee of ISKCON had been thinking about this this point quite seriously and so Ravindu actually came up with this Uh, just three four pages of uh, simple points like the the understanding of what it actually means in the life of a devotee of his kind Shilaprabha's position and then uh, He presented it to the meeting and naturally we very much appreciated uh, what he presented But he asked, he asked him to elaborate it, elaborate on that, like these were like uh, bullet points (laughs) and these bullet points needed to have uh, and Rabindu Prabhu started to work on that. Yesterday you heard what an extensive and in-depth research he had made he read the harmonies for so many uh, co- I mean all these harmonies copies and went to uh, reading early books of uh, Gauri uh, and also the history that came out and so he uh, elaborated on those points and that final and it took him three years. And finally, uh, this year, we came out with this book. And so, we actually want to distribute these books extensively to make the devotees understand what Srila Prabhupada's position in the Pandracharya actually means. And it is, uh, we already printed 25,000 copies and we are going to give a second run we ran out of this 25,000 copies that we printed we are going to give another run of 25,000 copies and we have been distributed for America I got 5,000 copies and I think 3,000 copies already went out and anyway and also it is available this book is available also in the internet as the internet the soft copy is available in the internet and and we want uh, this understanding to prevail in Iskcon uh, in a proper way and that is why we decided to have this seminar we also GBC also requested the senior devotees to speak extensively on this topic wherever they go and just before coming to America I was in Europe I was in we had a retreat in Spain and this seminar was very well received very well received devotees from all over Europe came okay. So <clears throat> so here we are discussing uh, To make you all understand What is what it actually means what Prabhupada's position As the founder acharya means in the context of iska in the context of Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sankirtan movement it's not just ISKCON, it is needed for the entire Sankirtan movement. His Grace Rabindu Saru Prabhu Keeja. Manchakalputarul Bhastya Pripasyanthu Bhaiya Bachana Patitanam Pavanetyo Vaishnavriksyala <laughs> 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 So, how did you all like Rabin Saru Prabhu's presentation yesterday? And how did you benefit from that presentation? Wasn't it? Yes, (laughs) go ahead. (laughs) Yeah actually personally I feel that Rabin Prabhu was the most appropriate person to make this presentation uh, in the form of this book uh, and and this book is now going to be there as long as ISKCON is going to be there yeah. and it's one of the most important position paper of the GPC as far as I am concerned. So <clears throat> while we are discussing sometimes I notice that I have to bring out some I have to mention something that happened in the something that happened in ISKCON and like mind you, those mentions, those descriptions are not really meant to find false with anybody or criticize anyone. It is simply for educating ourselves. I remember pra- Prabhupada once mentioned that to make mistakes is not bad but not to learn from a mistake is bad yes mistakes will be made mistakes will be made but from the mistakes we have to learn and that is how we move forward in a proper direction in a proper way so we are what are we doing actually who are we uh, we are members of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead came in this age of Kali to establish the Juga Dharma which is a very very difficult business because this is the age Kali Juga is the age of Adharma. Another name of Kali is Adharma Bandhu. Adharma Bandhu. He is a Bandhu, he is a friend of Adharma. And Kali's business is to establish Adharma on the throne of this planet. That is Kali's business. And Kali's associates, his principal associates, are Sin personified. Who is Kali's main support? Sin. And who are Kali's important important uh, colleagues or uh, compatriots? Lust, greed, anger, illusion, pride and envy. The six enemies of our spiritual progress are the main accomplices of Kali. And Kali himself is identified as quarrel personified. Kali's description is Karala Vadana Krudha Kalischa His face is very frightening very, very, very vicious, vicious and cruel. And his nature is very, very cruel. And he is very fond of quarrel. He spreads his influence through quarrel. And his business is to establish adharma and what is the symptom that adharma has is being established adharma is weaning what is the sign of adharmas uh, spreading his influence the sign of adharma spreading of influence is meat eating intoxication illicit sex and gambling and today in this world we can see what's happening, how these four activities are becoming so prevalent. So that is a clear indication that Adharma is being established throughout by the influence of Kali. Mind you, when Kali came, when Parikshit Maharaj was ruling, Parikshit Maharaj gave Kali these four places, knowing that these are the places of sin. Sinful activities. And Kali couldn't find any place where these activities were going on. Mind you, five thousand years ago, these activities were not were totally absent from this planet. No meat eating, no intoxication, no illicit sex, and no gambling. That's why Kali begged Parikshit Maharaj. In your kingdom, I don't see such a place where these activities go on. Give me some. Some place where at least I can reside. Then he said okay gold. Indicating where gold is not used in Krishna's service. That can be the place of Kali. So Kali got these five places. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's business is to establish Dharma, Juga Dharma. Can you imagine how difficult it is? It's going to be an extremely difficult task. But at the same time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So wherever he is and whoever follows him for them, victory is guaranteed. Just like the battle of Purukshetra, It appeared to be impossible for the Pandavas to win that battle It was impossible for them to win the battle That's why Duryodhana was so convinced That he declared that without war he is not going to give a piece of land the size of the tip of a needle To the Pandavas Because he was confident that he is going to win the battle Eventually, what do we see? We take it for granted. Oh, Krishna was there. So he won the battle after the battle was over and the battle was won And then we see yes the battle was won But when the battle was going on or before the battle it was very difficult to decide which party is going to win And it was impossible for the Pandavas to win that battle But eventually we see they won. Why did they win? Jatra Sharak Krishna Jatra Partha, wherever uh, Jogeshwar Krishna or Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is going to be there and wherever his devotees like Arjun, we, and or Prabhupada will be there, victory is guaranteed. It will happen, there cannot be any doubt that Krishna consciousness movement will not spread all over the world we should not have the slightest doubt a shadow of doubt in our mind that mahaprabhu's prediction will not come true so so chaitanya mahaprabhu came to establish dharma yada yada hi bhavati that's the purpose of his coming to this material nature so chaitanya mahaprabhu came to fulfill that purpose and we see that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came at a time when adharma dharma became quite prevalent on this planet. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu inundated the whole of India with his Krishna consciousness movement. But then we see over a period of time, so within about 250 years Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement was uh, soon after, I mean about 250 years after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's disappearance Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement was practically lost It was totally eclipsed by the Apu Sampradayas Nobody could find Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement All they found is the activities of this Apu Sampradayas that was going on in the name of Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu like Aul, Baul, Lara, Leri, Sai, Savadiyas, chura, Chiradhari, Govna, Lavi, etc. And, nice. and some of their activities were like, in simple words, huh? some, of their, some of their activities were based on meat eating, <laughs> intoxication, illicit sex and gambling. <laughs> so you can well imagine. Uh, the state of affairs like what was going on in the name of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had nothing to do with Mahaprabhu's teaching that's why Bhakti Vinod Thakur and Bhakti Siddhanta Shara Shri Thakur were so emphatic about these four principles and Prabhupada eventually uh, no meat eating if you want to join Islam, no meat eating not even onions and garlics uh-huh. in India even in India, even among the Vaishnava sampradayas uh, like onions, garlic maybe, but onions is not, is not really considered to be so bad. <laughs> like, I mean, no, I am not talking about the, all, the pure Vaishnava things, the pure, pure Vaishnava individuals. But uh, the Vaishnavas, uh, so called Vaishnavas, those who are practicing and uh, Vaishnavism in a way The onions and garlic is not considered to be non-veg. Some places even they think that taking chapatis and ikadasi is (laughs) alright. Because it's not full grain, it's broken grain, pulverized grain. (laughs) So, So, this is how the standard has degenerated over a period of time. And <clears throat> intoxication. Prabhupada, huh? like in, if you go to India, you'll find the sadhus drink tea, coffee, no problem. <laughs> so often you go to meet people and they <laughs> ask, Swami, is some coffee something? <laughs> and we have to tell them <laughs> that we don't take tea or coffee. So, <clears throat> This is the standard that Srila Prabhupada so emphatically established. Why? Uh, because the in, the movement of Sri, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement is founded on the principles of dharma. And these are the pillars of dharma on which dharma is standing. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings were propped or completely eclipsed by this upper sampradaya opposite uh, Siddhantas. so much so that at that when bhakti vinod thakur came he and he decided to promote Sri chaitanya mahaprabhu's teachings he was looking for a chaitanya charitamrita and in entire Bengal, he couldn't find a single copy of Chaitanya Charitamrita. We can see the state of affairs from that single incident. Mm-hmm. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, complete, was completely forgotten. There was no trace of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings, and. <clears throat> Eventually Bhakti Vinod Thakur found one copy, handwritten copy of Chaitanya Charitamrita in Odisha, not in Bengal. And he took that <coughs> copy, <coughs> gave his Amrita Prabhaha Bhashya, his commentary yeah, which literally means you know, the flow of nectar. The commentary that's a flow of nectar he presented that and we he printed and he started to distribute and teach on the basis of Sri Chaitanya Maha, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, and then he printed Chaitanya Bhagavad and other books and he wrote extensively and he was such a brilliant personality Such a brilliant personality. He not only presented Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching in writing but he presented Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings in the most beautiful poetry. And not only he wrote in poetry in Bengali which was his mother tongue but he wrote poetry in Sanskrit. Jadite Haripad Saroja Sudham Rasapana Param Hridayam Satatam Parivitta Griham Kalibhava Mayam Bhaja Godra Makana Nakunja Pitham Such a beautiful poetry. Not only he wrote in English and, and in Bengali and in Sanskrit, he also wrote in English. And his English poetry are so brilliant maintaining such beautiful order of uh, meter and rhyme uh, like men, not many English poets actually so uh, strictly followed or adhered to the concept of meter and rhyme. Uh, famous for them is actually Coleridge. Uh, he is famous for his meter and rhyme but Bhakti we thakur's poem is so brilliant. Alas for those who spend their days in festive mirth and joy the dazzling deadly liquid forms their hearts forever employ. See the meter and Rhyme? Mm-hmm. The shining bottles charm their eyes and draw their hearts embrace. The slaves of wine can never rise from what we call disgrace such beautiful I was such a brilliant personality (coughs) and he started to promote he actually started to revive Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement so if we look at the history Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came and the whole of India was inundated with Krishna consciousness actually not only the whole of India got affected by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance the whole world actually became affected by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's appearance In Europe at that time they saw the renaissance, Mm -hmm. England saw the golden age through Mm -hmm. Queen Queen Elizabeth the first and Shakespeare is quite contemporary to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Columbus just discovered uh, America (laughs) like all kinds of wonderful things are happening around that time all over the world Mm -hmm. but India was That was a golden age for India in its spiritual context but then uh, gradually after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu things continued uh, after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Nittananda Prabhu was preaching the Goswamis were in Vrindavan writing the books and establishing Krishna consciousness then uh, three stalwart Acharyas did an amazing preaching especially in the eastern part of India Srinivasa Acharya Narottam Das Thakur Shamananda Prabhu and after that there were (coughs) other Acharyas like Ganga Narayan Chakravarti uh, and their followers Roshikananda Thakur they were uh, preaching. Uh, but gradually huh, Mahaprabhu's teachings got lost. So much so that it was practically absent from the surface of this planet. Only some remote corners of Vrindavan and Navadip, some Bhajananandi Vaishnavas were uh, retaining Mahaprabhu's pristine teachings like Jagannadas, Babaji Maharaj, Baladevi Bhushan. Baladir also did some. you know they, at that time also they were preaching uh, like Vishwanath uh, Chakravarti Thakur was recognized as the, the the crest jewel of the Vaishnav community in Vrindavan at that time. And uh, the king of Jaipur had some problem with the Ramanandis about worshiping Govinda Day and so he wrote a letter to Vishnu Chakravarty Thakur to come and settle that problem and he couldn't go because he was too old but Baladevi Bhushan mm-hmm. decided to go with his permission he went and he defeated them, and with his Govinda Bhashi so I mean these personalities were preaching but that overall influence of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement was practically non-existent there and then came Bhakti Vinod Thakur and he started to revive Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement Bhakti Vinod Thakur uh, was I mean, he faced a lot of difficulties because people didn't want to, especially educated, intelligent class of uh, Bengal, as Rabindranath Prabhu identified them yesterday the as Adhra of Bengal, <laughs> the gentlemen of Bengal, Babus of Bengal. Uh, they were not at all inclined to accept Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur actually started to let everybody know what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings actually meant but he himself couldn't do very much. He wrote extensively. He influenced his immediate surroundings quite effectively. He even built a temple at Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's birthplace. As you all know Bhaktivinoda Thakur although he was a very high-ranking government officer at the time in the British India But <clears throat> he went door-to-door begging Took one rupee per huh, from each one to build the temple He didn't want to take a big amount of money from one person He wanted to uh, make he wanted to involve everybody or as many people as possible in this construction of the temple but Bhaktivinoda Thakur himself couldn't do very much he gave the stat the the objective and mission in writing he gave the blueprint of the sankirtan movement in the form of nam Har. The presentation of that, how this movement would be established, he gave the blueprint. It's it's a marketplace of a holy name. Holy name you have to buy. You can't can't get it free. Nothing goes free in this world. (laughs) You have to buy. (laughs) And in order to buy the holy name, you have to pay a very special price. What is the price? Shraddha Mulle Bikai The price is Shraddha Faith Implicit Faith Implicit Respect Recognizing that this holy name is not different from Krishna That is the faith Or another description of Shraddha is Shuddha is that implicit faith. Nishchay, the firm, very firm faith. That if I render devotional service to Krishna, then everything will be done. Everything will be accomplished. I don't have to do anything else just serve Krishna Krishna bhakti ko ile sarva karma krita all activities are performed I think that's
2: Mahaprabhu's own right? yeah right right
1: yeah yeah so <coughs> so this is how Srila huh, Bhakti dinod Thakur established the institution for spreading Krishna Consciousness. Namha marketplace and mind you Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur did not make himself the leader of the marketplace. The, the Mahajan the soul-selling agent, the producer of the goods is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. You produce something then you give the soul-selling agency for distribution so who is the soul selling agent of this commodity? The holy name? Nithanandu Prabhu. Uh, Nittananda Mahajan. Uh, Mahajan. Mahajan means a big businessman. <laughs> and so <coughs> Prabhu is the Mahajan. Uh, the soul selling agent. And then he has sub agents and all so forth and shopkeepers, (laughs) uh, small traders. But they all are functioning in this marketplace. Uh, And what is Bhaktivinoda Thakur's role in that marketplace? He kept himself as a sweeper of the marketplace to keep the marketplace clean. And we can understand why he assumed that role. (laughs) because so much dirt was there already <laughs> created by the Appa <laughs> that it needed a very expert uh, sweeper or cleaner. So, he assumed the role to clean all the garbage that has been uh, created by this Appa And then <clears throat> Bhaktivinoda Thakur naturally saw the The dimension of this the massive uh, uh, magnitude of this uh, mission he he himself couldn't do very much Mm. being a government officer and quite elderly by the time to create something to organize something it's going to be it's going to take time and energy so he prayed to Lord Jagannath to send an able assistant. And as a result of his prayers, who did Lord Jagannath send him? Uh, Shila, Bhakti Siddhanta Shoresha Jitharku. Uh, Bhimala Prashad. Uh, Bhimala Prashad, that was his name. He received him as a Prashad, uh, as a mercy of Lord Jagannath. But not, he didn't identify him as Jagannath Prashad. There is a history behind that also. <laughs> Jagannath's Prashad, right after offering from Jagannath, it goes to Bhimala Devi. Bhimala Devi is uh, uh, Mahamaya. An, another form of Mahamaya. And there is a... <clears throat> story behind that anecdote behind that one day Narad Muni went to Vaikuntha and he got a little remnant from Narayan from uh. so he took that and he became ecstatic so lord Shiva saw him and asked him hey, Narada, what happened to you <laughs> how come you are so Ecstatic. And Narad Muni told him that I went to Vaikuntha and I got some remnants of the Lord. And you know, once I took that, you know, this is what happened. I can't control myself. <laughs> so Shiva said, Oh, you got some Mahaprasad from Narayan. Please give me some. So Nara said, Look, I got only very little, so there was not, nothing that I could keep. So Lord Shiva was very upset, what kind of brother you are, <laughs> you didn't save any prasad for me. So, <clears throat> so then Narada said that, Narada saw that in between his nails, the little bit of a grain is just sticking there. So he said, huh? look, there's something sticking here. <laughs> so Lord Shiva took that and he became ecstatic. Started to dance Parvati seeing him in that way singing and dancing asked him what happened to you today so Lord Shiva told her what happened then Parvati said you didn't save any for me (laughs) so Lord Shiva reasoned with her that look I had only a small little grain that was sticking in his fingernail and (laughs) So Parvati then became so upset, she just sat down uh, in performing great austerity uh, to receive Lord's Mahaprasad. Then the Lord appeared to her and asked Parvati, Parvati what happened? Why are you performing such severe austerity? So she told the whole story that he had been deprived of Mahaprasad. So then, Lord said, <clears throat> "Okay. from now on, all my prashad, all my remnants, will first go to you. And that is why another name of Mahamaya is Annapurna. She is full of anna. All the annas, all the foodstuffs, are being distributed to the living entities by her. So in." <clears throat> in Jagannath Temple Jagannath Prashad goes to Bhimala Devi therefore Srila Bhakti Thakur named Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur as Bhimala Prashad and he was an exceptionally brilliant personality Naturally was brilliant being at the, being born and brought up as a son of Bhaktivinoda Thakur. But he was an exceptionally brilliant personality. And he took up the mission of spreading Krishna consciousness all over the all over India. Revived Krishna consciousness. And he did such an excellent job. It is actually within the short span he started to preach. He came to Calcutta in 19. 1919 say from 1920 he started to preach and he preached till about 19, 19, 1935 and within this 15 years he spread Krishna consciousness movement all over India establishing 63 temples. He established 64 temples, the last, 64th temple was in Burma, what is today's Myanmar. So he established 64 temples. So you can well imagine how, how vibrant his movement was at that time. And not only he established 63 temples in India, but he attracted the most brilliant personalities. It's, it okay, you OK. OK. And then. Sorry, just have uh, um, a delivery truck.
2: There's two cars blocking it for the gas delivery. Um, a New Jersey van, I think ZEF 7UZ, and a Virginia blue car XBG 7438. If you have those, please move them. They're blocking well. Anybody? Yeah?
1: And now you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not here, yeah. The owners of the cars? They're not Okay. Huh?
2: They're
1: there? Not here? It's <clears throat> Did you get the numbers or Jai Shri Shri Radha Damodar? Ki your announcement is done or yes. now you have to go and find out it was Sorry Okay, that's all right <coughs> So uh, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Uh, started to spread Krishna consciousness most effectively throughout India Uh, and he did it in a short span of 15 years it was a remarkable achievement the kind of people that he attracted were extremely uh, remarkable very very brilliant personalities and uh, spread his influence so much like so much so that the governor of Bengal at that time came to Mayapur to attend his function. I mean what kind of influence, uh, uh, the, uh, not the governor, what's his name? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, so anyway one very high ranking, yeah, right. Very high ranking government officer, English, British, Englishman. Right, uh, the opening of Jagopeet and uh, I mean to get an Englishman to I mean English you know topmost government officer at the time in Calcutta to come all the way to Novartis and Mayapur. Mayapur even now Mayapur is such a tedious journey and those days to go there and so anyway the, how effectively, this is how effectively he was spreading Krishna consciousness at that time. And his mission, uh, as Ravina Prabhu pointed out quite elaborately yesterday also, that his mission actually was to take it out of India. Bhakti Vinod Thakur as early as in 19, 1894, uh, he wrote uh, that this Krishna consciousness movement was spread all over the world in every town and village. Can you imagine making a prediction like that? In ni- 1884 when India was a British colony. Nobody gave any recognition to India at that time. India practically was a slave of the English. At that time Bhaktivinoda Thakur Uh, Boldly writes and not only he writes he sends his books to different universities Uh, Some of our God brothers found that The life and precepts of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Bhagavat, these two books written by Bhaktivinoda Thakur In the McGill University in Canada So the books were sent to different universities for Scholars to reach their scholars to read and So this is how Bhakti Thakur's Vision and objective was to Now fulfill the prediction of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Take this prediction to fulfill that prediction by taking the movement out of India and Establishing it all over the world He wrote that will happen as early as in 1884, 1894 and <coughs> <coughs> when Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur started his preaching you can well imagine Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur went to Calcutta and started to preach uh, from 1920. 1922 he meets Srila Prabhupada and what did he, what did he tell Prabhupada that he, at the first meeting? Uh, Spread, uh, Preached his teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, Through English language all over the world I mean his mission didn't even start practically He is just in a small little rented place In Ultadanga main road in Calcutta in North Calcutta And he is giving some discourse to people To some people that were coming Prabhupada's friend in Malik uh, met him and became very impressed, and so Narain Malik went and told Srila Prabhupada that I met such a sadhu. So please, will you come and meet him? Initially, Prabhupada was reluctant to meet him because Prabhupada uh, developed some sort of, you know, uh, aversion to these so-called sadhus because he saw how these sadhus were exploiting his father. <laughs> they're not sadhus; they're coming to their house to just eat and sleep. <laughs> So, so, he said, I have seen many sadhus, I don't want to see any more sadhus But <clears throat> Narendra Malik told him, no, no, this is a different type of sadhu <laughs> <laughs> so, so, he went to meet him and before Prabhupada could even sit down Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur just uh, gives him that command uh, that Prabhupada actually took it up as his life mission, life's mission. He didn't take it up as his life mission or he didn't accept it straight away. Prabhupada argued with him initially. Because Prabhupada at that time was very much influenced by Gandhi's non-violent movement for India's freedom. And he told him that first India has to become free before people take India's message seriously. But would point pointed out, no Uh, Mahaprabhu's teaching is not limited to any geographical and political boundary Mahaprabhu's message is coming from another world and it is meant for all, for the deliverance of all and from that very first meeting Srila Prabhupada was so impressed that he took it up as his life's mission. And you know what Prabhupada did right after that? How many of you know? Prabhupada at that time was a manager of a pharmaceutical, instit- pharmaceutical company called Dr. bosch's laboratory. He was a 26-year-old young man, has a very nice job as a manager of a pharmaceutical company. He had a he had, he had a family, he had a wife, and a son. But next thing Prabhupada does, he goes and submits his resignation. He resigned from his job. And Dr. Bose, who was actually his father's friend and te- treated Prabhupada like his own son, he asked him why are you were resigning all of a sudden. What happened? So Prabhupada told him what happened and then he said, well, you can still serve his mission and serve his purpose by spreading whatever he's asking you to do maintaining your job but Prabhupada's response to that was no when I am employed by you then my time is sold out to you I don't have any more free time to do this so he asked then what do, how do you want to maintain your family <clears throat> Prabhupada said, I'll start my business that way I'll have my free time and I can maintain myself. So when Dr. Bose completely failed to convince Prabhupada to continue in his company then he proposed that you become the sole selling agent of my product in North India and then that that Prabhupada accepted and he moved to Allahabad to to distribute his medicine and products. So this is how Srila hmm, Prabhupada made Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sharashri Thakur. And from that we can see Bhakti Siddhanta Sharishati Thakur effectively spread Krishna consciousness all over the all over India, but worldwide mission uh, didn't start as yet. As Ravinsav Prabhu mentioned yesterday, uh, he even sponsored some of his disciples to go to the West, go to England and Europe. He paid for their passage. He sponsored their uh, accommodation and activities there. So that is how keen he was to uh, start the preacher worldwide mission. Although it didn't happen properly during his time but he planted the seed in the heart of Śrīla Prabhupāda and Prabhupāda took up that mission He resigned from his job in 1922 and from then onwards it was a big struggle Prabhupāda wanted to start his business do his business and make money Prabhupāda, once I had the good fortune of hearing it straight from Śrīla Prabhupāda, himself. There was one doctor called Dr. Bhimalānanda Tarkatīrtha uh, who came to treat Śrīla Prabhupāda, he was an old acquaintance of Śrīla Prabhupāda, a very well-known person in Calcutta and he came to treat Śrīla Prabhupāda in Mayapur. So one evening <coughs> after he treated Śrīla Prabhupāda, they were sitting together and Prabhupāda was talking About how this what he did and how it all happened and Prabhupada was mentioning that he thought that by running his business he will make money and with that money he will go to the West and he'll start preaching preaching the West but he said that he was not successful in his business and he also mentioned that Bhakti Siddhanta Sariswati Thakur once told him when he asked him how his business was doing and when he told him that it was not going very well, Bhakti Siddhanta Sharshi told him it's not surprising (coughs) because to be successful in business you have to love money but you don't love money enough. (laughs) And, And Prabhupada admitted that he was running his business but his heart was not in his business his heart was in preaching and that's why uh, he was not really uh, so successful in his business and then eventually Prabhupada also mentioned that all he all this while he was trying to to make money go to the West and spread Krishna consciousness he didn't succeed but finally when he goes to the West, he goes as a pauper, as a penniless person. And everything started to happen. He didn't have to make arrangements for money or other resources. It all happened. He simply came to America and things just happened, started to happen. And, and Prabhupada at that time he said that Uh, From that I could see I could see or I could learn some something like that Prabhupada said That when you are serving Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you do not have to worry about money So he made all the arrangements And we have seen Uh, Actually once (coughs) when I was in Bombay with Srila Prabhupada, I was sitting uh, here Prabhupada was sitting on the balcony, balcony of his quarters on the sixth floor and I was sitting at his feet facing the temple and Prabhupada just… sometimes Prabhupada would just start speaking and Prabhupada just come in, just mentioned, I am the richest man in this world
2: <laughs>
1: and then he kept on saying, <laughs> why he is the richest man like uh, so many people uh, so many devotees so much assets and like so this is how um, Prabhupada himself admitted that <clears throat> about the, gra- the, the magnitude of his success in spreading Krishna consciousness and uh, Śrīla Prabhupāda uh, continued the mission. Now here uh, this is the point actually is a very interesting aspect of it. Bhakti Siddhānta Sarishwati Thakur when he started to spread Krishna consciousness he established an institution. Bhakti Vinod Thakur also gave the blueprint of an institution in the form of this concept of namat Namhat is a Is a Structure Where the holy name will be available and where in the marketplace we can do the trading Give and take Those who want to get it they can come here and those who want to distribute it they can distribute it from here It is not just a one-man show It is a collective endeavor of an institution. Although he could not establish that institution, but Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur established that institution and he put the maximum emphasis on that institution. So much so that before leaving the planet, he told his followers, his leading disciples, to continue the mission collectively through a governing body, a collective concept of management. And he did not mention anything about how the initiation will continue who will become the next guru no such mention he didn't say a single word about that all he said is maintain the mission collectively but unfortunately his leading disciples couldn't really understand the purport of this mission, of this instruction. Like, I had the good fortune of hearing it from some of Prabhupada's god who were involved in that. And they admitted, I mean that Godbrother of Srila Prabhupada admitted that they did not know at that time how a spiritual organization can run by a group of managers. They felt that a spiritual institution needs a spiritual head. And they decided to appoint a spiritual head. As Ramasav Prabhu mentioned yesterday, there were two groups. One group wanted to follow this concept of management in a sort of collective way, but one person wanted to be the head. So that is also another problem. They were actually thinking of now Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur is gone now we have to uh, become the head or one has to become the head. But uh, the person who was appointed as the Acharya unfortunately he fell down and uh, Prabhupada mentioned that initially they appointed one Acharya and then they all wanted to become Acharyas. And as a result of that, the institution collapsed. And when the instit- because the institution collapsed, we see that the preaching also came to a grinding halt. Preaching stopped. And <coughs> Prabhupada told us, quite emphatically, that don't make the same mistake that My god brothers made after Guru Maharaj's disappearance. And what is that mistake? The mistake is that he wanted them to collectively continue the preaching mission. But they didn't do that. They just wanted to become Acharyas. And they wanted to become the big leaders. And as a result of that, the institution collapsed. And preaching stopped. And very fortunately uh, in ISKCON uh, we can see that uh, yes, from the mistakes of Gauriyamat we learned what to do and what not to do. And that is uh, that the, the need for collective management through an institution. Like in Go- if we look at the history of Gauriyamat then we will see that most of these uh, leading disciples of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur maintain their spiritual life quite impeccably. Uh, they maintain their sannasis quite strict in their sannas ashram, they have their temples, they are preaching, they are initiating. Uh, but that worldwide preaching mission that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur envisaged, that didn't happen. Just in a small way even in India they're preaching but a few anyway in Prabhupada's words I mean that all they're doing is ringing bells and having picnic. (laughs) (laughs) So ringing bell means they're doing the deity worship and they're having picnics that is having the prasad collectively. So that preaching was not happening. So from that what do we learn? That in order to have an effective preaching mission we need an institution. Individually 25 of us may be there and doing our own things nothing much will happen but when this 25 individuals get together as an institution as a collective body then the result is going to be dynamic. Once I heard from somebody that Prabhupada said, I didn't hear it directly from Srila Prabhupada but I heard, one devo- I heard it through one devotee that Prabhupada said in Krishna consciousness uh, when we work together then 1 is 1, 2 is 11, 3 is 111, 4 is That is the effect of uh, collective endeavor and mind you what Śrīla Prabhupāda One of the most important instructions before he left left the planet was Your love for me will be shown by how you cooperate with each other uh, to extend this mission Uh, So Gauriem are disintegrated because The institution collapsed. The institution collapsed and for the institution Okay now with Prabhupada we see that as he starts to Preach comes to America and gets an opportunity to preach Then what did Prabhupada do? The first thing he did he wrote to his god brothers His prominent god brothers leading god brothers there in India uh, these opportunities are uh, available Please come, let's work together to fulfill the uh, dream of our Guru Maharaj He wanted us to preach in the West So opportunities now have come, some opportunities are there uh, Please come and let's work together the Prabhupada was ready at that time to even take a back, I mean insignificant role He didn't want to become the leader, he wanted, invited them come and lead Let the mission go on. But they didn't come forward. Then, Prabhupada had to start himself. And what did Prabhupada do? As soon as he started to get some response, he decided to establish an institution. 26 Second Avenue, small little storefront. Prabhupada establishes his institution. The International Society for Krishna Consciousness. <laughs> A ten feet by twenty feet uh, space storefront, but international society for Krishna consciousness. Anyway, they could uh, the lawyer who was registering uh, the company or institute, institution, he was he didn't mind this international aspect of it. But he had his concern about Krishna consciousness So he expressed his concern Swamiji hardly anyone will understand what this Krishna consciousness is Rather call it the International Society for God consciousness And Prabhupada's followers those who are the witnesses there uh, Some young Americans, they also thought that that's a good idea But Prabhupada said no, the International Society for Krishna consciousness I have come here to make everybody understand that Krishna is God so that is the mission I have come here to make everybody understand that Krishna is God and that is the purpose of this movement people think about God people say they believe in God but when you ask who is God black total blank no idea at all who is God But Prabhupada came here to give us a clear understanding, who is God? Prabhupada himself said, if you want to know about God, you can come to me. I can tell you what he looks like, I can tell you what his name is, I can tell you what he does, I can tell you where he lives, I can even give you his telephone number. (laughs) So that is how clearly and boldly Śrīla Prabhupāda was giving us the understanding of the Supreme Personality of God. And in ISKCON, after ISKCON started to grow, then we see that Prabhupāda was very emphatic about two things. One is the collective management through the concept of the GBC. He himself established that GBC concept, first appointing 11 and he, although he was the founder of that institution he made himself uh, one of the members of the governing body. In this way he gave the importance to the governing body. That is one thing that we noticed that Prabhupada gave and the other thing was his own position as the founder, Acharya of Iskon. Now the other day I was actually mentioning, uh, I'll repeat, like I was a very new devotee at that time. I joined Iskon quite late but I had the good fortune of being with Srila Prabhupada during his last days. And <clears throat> last 10 months I was with Srila Prabhupada practically all the time and so Śrīla Prabhupāda was in one hand I saw Śrīla Prabhupāda was so humble in Calcutta the press there was a press conference and one of the reporters was very eloquently glorifying Śrīla Prabhupāda saying that uh, what he has done is greater than what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did He said, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu spread Krishna Consciousness only throughout India but you have spread it all over the world Prabhupada's immediate response was, no, no, I haven't done anything Everything has been done by my Guru Maharaj and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu They simply gave me the credit So you can see how humble Srila Prabhupada was you know he would not take any recognition or credit for what he has achieved an inconceivable achievement but he didn't want to take any recognition and credit for that. But then Prabhupada was in Bombay and one day a big newspaper article came out on the Juhu temple. Juhu temple was under construction at that time and almost complete. very impressive marble temple Uh, many of you must have seen that also and (coughs) Tamal Krishna Maharaj was reading out the article to Srila Prabhupada and then at the end Prabhupada asked uh, who was being interviewed by the reporter then (coughs) they mentioned. Tamakrishima had mentioned the name. Or maybe he found he asked and he found out who. And it was one Sanasi who was the project manager. He was actually head of the project. And Prabhupada asked to call him. And when he was when he came, Prabhupada was so heavy. Because there was no mention of Srila Prabhupada's name as the founder Acharya in the entire article. And I mean, I was quite surprised. Like in one hand Prabhupada is so humble That he didn't want to take any credit for any of his achievements and now Prabhupada is so particular uh, Or rather so upset that his name was not mentioned there as the founder Acharya And it took me a few years to understand why Prabhupada was so particular about that point. I recognized that (coughs) There was a need for an institution to continue the mission that Srila Prabhupada started. Mm -hmm. Prabhupada knew that this mission will not be accomplished, cannot be accomplished, that is, in every town and village, cannot be accomplished in one lifetime. Especially when he started the movement at the age of 70. 71 to be precise Like what is the hope So how to continue So the continuation will take for the sake of continuity We need He needed the institution That would continue the mission He came set it up And now it is going to be a collective endeavor To further the mission and spread it all over the world in every town and village and for that we need an institution a structured organization and to hold that organization together we need the head of the institution and a body management body to continue the management of the institution therefore we needed proper position to be established properly as the head of the institution the head of the institution head of the spiritual institution obviously is going to be a spiritual identity and that identity is the acharya of the institution is the founder no doubt about that no one will question that but we have to reestablish properly that Srila Prabhupada is the spiritual head of the institution for all time. Here, of course, we run into a kind of a disagreement with the Ritviks. They say that they will con. That's why sometimes when I make this presentation, they wonder whether I am speaking on behalf of the Ritviks. <laughs> so. <laughs> The thing is the difference. Actually, we have a lot of similarities. But there is one little difference. And that difference is that they say that Prabhupada will continue to give initiation. Whereas we are saying that Prabhupada is the Shiksha Guru of all the devotees of his Khan for all time. And <clears throat> we have a resolution also in the GBC in that way. Prabhupada is the preeminent Shiksha of all the devotees of Islam. So, Prabhupada is the Shikshaguru, the preeminent Shiksha This institution is based on Srila Prabhupada's teachings. Therefore, his books are the basis, and he is the Acharya. And those who are uh, preaching and teaching in this institution. The basis for their teaching is Srila Prabhupada's books, Srila Prabhupada's teachings. That is going to be there all the time. So that is why we need these two things to be properly established. A collective concept of management and the head of the institution for all time. In that respect we can draw draw we can draw an analogy uh, like Christianity. Jesus Christ is uh, the head of the Christian institution for all time. No one will ever be able to take over Jesus position. And even though the Christians may have been divided uh, into so many factions but all of them accept Jesus as their spiritual. <clears throat> Same thing with Muhammad in Islam. They are fighting, Siyas are fighting with the Sunnis. A terrible, vicious fight. But they both accept Muhammad as the, <laughs> the head of the institution or head of the Islamic organization. Prabhupada even appreciated Ramakrishna's mission, although he had uh, total disregard for what they speak. <laughs> but Their structure Prabhupada appreciated. Prabhupada even told us to research to find out what their structure is like. And he gave credit to Vivekananda for that. Uh, That he established Ramakrishna as the head of the institution. And because that institution still continues with Ramakrishna as the head, it is continuing uh, in their own way. Uh, And today we can very uh, very optimistically say that ISKCON is continuing so successfully 37 years after Śrīla Prabhupāda's disappearance because of these two concepts have been properly established and accepted in our institution. The movement is uh, so effective because the collective concept of management of the GBC is going on and Srila <clears throat> Prabhupada's position has been established or the movement has recognized Srila Prabhupada as the founder Acharya, the spiritual head for this movement for all time. Thank you all very much. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Go to Premanandai. Any question? Any question? And comment? Ravinsura Prabhu, yeah. Any comment? <laughs> okay.
3: Any question? Guru <coughs> Mahārāj, you started from Chaitanya Mahāprabhu. Chaitanya Mahāprabhu is Krishna himself. Why after he departed his activities 450
1: years,
2: everything vanished, you know.
1: He is Krishna. Into, <coughs> that he yeah. Yeah, because he wanted to paint the achievements of these three stalwart acharyas, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, Bhakti Siddhanta saraswati Thakur and Śrīla Prabhupāda. He wanted to paint it in black and white. Therefore, he created the black. <laughs> <laughs> so, his teachings practically disappeared and then how it revived by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Bhakti, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasya Thakur and Śrīla Prabhupāda. Yes, let me see. In,
2: in this regard, when you, you mentioned how the, the reputation of Gaudiya Vaishnavism went low. In the early part of the 20th century, I think sometime in the 1910s, Publication in England called Hastings, Encyclopedia of Religion and Philosophy, a multivariate thing. I happened to look up and I looked up Caitanya, and it's what it's very short entry it said he introduced a degenerate element in divisionism. That was, that was the opinion at that time. Mm, yeah. That's right, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, you see, <clears throat> okay, let's look at it the other way around. If everything was spreading from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu onwards Right Then The glory of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur and Prabhupada Wouldn't have been Couldn't have been there Therefore in order to Make this movement Firmly established On this planet He made it first disappear right and then he revived it and come mind you in the progress of that also we see that Bhakti Siddhanta Shri, Shri Gaudiya mission fell apart that also had some significance because from their failure we learned even in ISKCON we made many many mistakes after Srila Prabhupada's disappearance and those mistakes are actually uh, uh, the enlightening factor for us that we learn uh, what to do and what not to do so that in future these mistakes cannot occur or affect our movement. We went through the Zonal Acharya system that was a big possibility can you imagine if it happened 25 years after I mean you know I mean not 25 say 50 or 60 years after No one would have been there to correct it Right But it was corrected Like it was ISKCON was going almost in a Gauriamat Direction Gauriamat Appointed one Acharya we appointed Eleven Acharyas in ISKCON Uh And you know they were actually going on In a way like Prabhupada and how The GBC body could have been affected and, And dismantled these are very prominent leaders of ISKCON at that time. They were also GBC members above the GBC they created an Acharya board and this Acharya board was seen as something beyond the GBC. In 1980 it was going on like that until 1982. 1982 Rupanuga Prabhu who was not one of the 11 Acharyas became the chairman of the GBC they are going to have an Acharya board meeting they did not invite Rupanuga Prabhu the chairman of the GBC because he was not an Acharya so Rupanuga Prabhu resigned he said that he is going to resign like if as a chairman of the GBC if he cannot participate in that meeting then he is not going to continue as a GBC chairman And that actually led to a massive discussion in the GBC body. And that is the time this Acharya board was dismantled. So ISKCON had gone through all these difficulties and the devotees at that time could deal with that. So this is how uh, it is acting as a prophylactic, as a preventive measure. Uh, So now ISKCON is immune to that kind of danger. so that's what we have to understand whatever is happening is actually sri chaitanya mahaprabhu's divine arrangement to establish uh, his institution hmm, for the pro- pro- for the effective propagation to fulfill his prediction that krishna consciousness movement is going to spread in every town and village all over the world yes <clears throat> navin
2: um Maharaj, this, uh, this concept of preeminent Shiksha Guru, um, I'm just trying to understand that more uh, in general. And then I guess specifically I'm thinking there's so many English translations now. I mean, you were talking before, you could not even find a copy of and Chittamitta, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, you could not know, find. Now, uh, the different Acharyas, so many Goswamis, this kind of English translations of so many books. So, I mean, that's an example of how do we apply this preeminent shiksha Guru kind of concept to reading these books? Do we read them, not read them, or
1: how do we understand them? In the early stage, Prabhupada did not want his disciples to read other books. Just they want, he wanted them to stick to his books. Because that, he knew that that could confuse them but then again Prabhupada mentioned that when one becomes advanced then he can uh, read other books when he is able to digest them another way to look at it is you see what did Prabhupada give did Prabhupada give anything different from what our previous acharyas gave no Prabhupada actually presented the previous Acharya's teachings their teachings in a way that is digestible to us, mm-hmm. digestible for us. Like, so, well, after we have understood Prabhupada's teachings properly, then when we read the other acharyas, then we see uh, that actually confirms our faith and understanding of Srila Prabhupada's teachings. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so, yes, devotees are maturing. books are being translated, books are coming out and and devotees will be exposed to that. So Uh and mature devotees Uh will gather information from there which is going to further their conviction in Srila Prabhupada's teachings. And yeah I mean that will be my general response to that you know and well another analogy came to my mind is something like that like, <clears throat> you go out, collect precious objects to decorate your home. Right? Your loyalty is to your home. And you're going out and collecting different gems and precious objects to decorate your home. Similarly, yes, ISKCON devotees will decorate their home, ISKCON by collecting gems from other uh, sources. <coughs> Thank you. Yes, Bishop Vikashananda and then Jadunath. Almost simultaneously both the hands came
3: up. <laughs> Jagannath Prabhu, you want to answer the question first? It's okay to answer. Well, he
1: held raised his hand afterwards. Oh,
3: okay. Thank you very much Guru for a very enlightening presentation. This entire presentation is a manifestation of uh, your love and dedication to Srila Prabhupada. It was one of my realizations I thought I would share with the group. Uh, my, I have a question. It's a two-part question. Um, part A of the question is, what was Srila Prabhupada's vision of ISKCON going forward? Obviously, we have the teachers of to spread the holy name in every town and village. Uh, but there was a vision, and we hear this and also see in some, some lectures and letters where Sri Prabhupada talked about establishing Puranasram he thought he only did 50% but there was another 50% left. So perhaps you can share some vision of Prabhupada, what he had, what he's gone going forward. That's part A. Part B is... Okay, okay,
1: let me just go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> well, <coughs> you see Prabhupada gave the the process very simply preach and practice practice and preach right and that is how this movement is going to grow and that is how this movement is growing devotees of ISKCON are following Srila Prabhupada's instructions and they are distributing that to others so this is how this movement is going forward. About this Varnashram thing I had some uh, experience myself with Srila Prabhupada in that. You see once in Vrindavan you see when Prabhupada was in Vrindavan in 1977 he was uh, quite unwell at that time and we had to be with Srila Prabhupada One of us had to be with Srila Prabhupada all the time and even at night and we had to be with him. My shift was from 12 to 2, 12 midnight to 2 o'clock in the morning. And many a night, Prabhupada couldn't sleep and sometimes he would just talk. So in one such night Prabhupada was lamenting that there is so much to do and his health is so bad. So then I tried to console him by saying, Prabhupada, what you have done is inconceivable. You should not think that you haven't done enough. So now you should relax. Then Prabhupada said, no, what I have done is 50%. The other 50% is to establish varnashram." And then Prabhupada said that, not that everybody will become a devotee. Those who won't become devotees, for them we need varnashram. And he explained that the society has to be structured according to, the, according to the spiritual principle, according to the consideration of their varna, according to the modes of material nature. Guna and karma and then Prabhupada explained that the in a way is he is establishing the Brahminical you know Brahmanas. Sudras are already there. <laughs> the whole world has become Sudra and the Vaishyas are also there although they are not performing properly uh, but what is lacking uh, the biggest challenge is the kshatriyas and and that is the biggest challenge anyway and later on actually I began to realize pondering over that that The worst enemy of Varnashram is democracy (laughs) because democracy doesn't allow any room to the, any space to the Kshatriyas. In the democratic world uh, there is no room for the Kshatriyas. The semblance of the kshatriyas we find in today's world in the mafias. <laughs> 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 let me, let me, um, I was interviewing Prabhupada once uh, for back in back at the anniversary
2: uh, of the United States. I was supposed to interview him about the American experiment. experiment. And I went, in fact, I went to the, the United States Information Service Library in Calcutta, and I reread the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. So I went to the interview Prabhupada back back uh, magazine. This was printed, and I, my first question was, has, create, has Krishna created the perfect form of government? And Prabhupada said, yes, <laughs> Krishatriyas. <laughs> That's what he said. So when you say,
1: when he says we don't have kshatriyas, mm. that means government. Yeah, exactly. I was, yeah, I was, exactly. Because, the, you know, in order to have the kshatriyas, they have to have their own kingdom. Because the kshatriyas don't function under others' domination. The kshatriyas have their own Huh? And right, and democracy.
2: I, I, I was expecting something like uh, you know some <clears throat> abstract thing, like a like, bit like democracy or this or that. But it wasn't this, this, or that is and It was
1: treachery. Treachery is yeah, right? right. The government means yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's Rumsal. why
2: it's hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why.
2: That's why Vardhaman's hard. Yeah. We're,
1: exactly. We're yeah.
2: Because, because when Rambo was in New York. They, they, they uh, reporters asked him, "Why did you come to the West?" And he said, "I have come to give you a brain." <laughs> <And> <laughs> like you said, this, this is not supposed to be the drama. Right, the brains. Yeah. And then he said a little later on to the reporters, "He said, actually, in your uh, civilization, in your society, everyone is a shoe yeah. and there are a few vices."
1: Vices, yeah, yeah.
2: You find out who owns everything, you'll find those few
1: vices. vices yeah,
2: Trace the debt back to it, you know, everyone's in debt. Who, who
1: has all the credit, You'll find them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Thank you, Ramasur Prabhu. Yeah, what's your second question?
3: Thank you, Maharaj. Uh, part three of that question is so, uh, what can we do in terms of moving this mission forward, what kind of direction and uh, guidance uh, we
1: can get from you? Well, take Prabhupada's mission to heart. Commit yourself completely to that. Prabhupada himself sets such a wonderful example. Right? At the age of 26, he committed himself completely to the mission of Bhakti Siddhanta Shakti Thakur. And see what he achieved. And, well, I mean, it's not that you have to leave your home and go away, continue with your business. Prabhupada wanted to do that. He wanted to run his business. And he wanted to help his spiritual master's mission. So that's what every devotee in ISKCON, whether he is a brahmachari, sannyasi, grihastha, vanaprastha. that's their mission. Somehow or other let's help Srila Prabhupada's movement. And that, that will create such an incredible force that the whole world will become Krishna Conscious. <clears throat> Thank
2: you, Gomaraj. Uh, you've several times stressed and reminded us that uh, Prabhupada wanted um, uh, cooperation. So, how would you assess the current state of cooperation, the the, the current spirit of cooperation in ISKCON and the GVP? Well,
1: uh, we are cooperating and that's why ISKCON is uh, together. ISKCON is expanding. It may not be the cooperation of the highest degree but cooperation is there and the GBC body is functioning with its effectivity and and as far as cooperation is concerned like recently I actually wrote something to the ISKCON leadership discussion anyway in that I mentioned about Prabhupada's uh, Prabhupada's idea of our cooperation uh, in unity In diversity so recently a devotee asked me what does it actually mean the unity in diversity so I gave the example of a football team see in a football team some players are playing to to stop the ball from entering the goal and some others are aggressively pushing To push the ball to the opponent's goal. Two completely uh, different roles they're playing. One is preventing the ball from entering and the other is trying to uh, push the ball through the thing and actually all the members are playing their respective role in the game but their mission is one. So similarly in ISKCON we all are every individual you know, we have our diversity. As very eloquently Ravindra Saru Prabhu put it yesterday, that unity without diversity will be monotonous, boring. And diversity without unity is going to be chaotic. <laughs> so so that's what we diversity will be there and we have to harmonise this diversity through the unity of a common goal. And in that different individuals will play different roles uh, Like when one scores the goal, you know, everybody glorifies him, cheers him But that doesn't mean the others will feel this Oh, look, Look, he's getting all the credit No, they should feel this goal is for our victory. So let's rejoice So that is how we have to function uh, with the spirit of unity of our mission irrespective of our diversified individualities. Okay, last question. <laughs> okay, last two questions. <laughs> okay, last three questions. <laughs> Thank you,
2: uh, I
3: have a couple of questions that I one. Would... Just one. <laughs>
2: so,
3: Maharaj, this uh, question is related to the uh, discussion we had about democracy. Uh, don't we get freedom from democracy and because of that we are able to follow Krishna consciousness? Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, some, some countries where we cannot open Islam because they have uh, uh, other system of other form of...
1: Well, I mean, democracy has its benefits, good sides. In simple words, I would say that democracy is better than the worst, but not the best.
3: <laughs> 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 so, um, so my question is like, we hear that the DTC is the ultimate uh, manager of all of this one. Um, but I was thinking that when the question comes to uh, like spiritual understanding of a particular topic from the proposal because they have like different understanding of the same topic. So again
1: the ultimate
3: authority
2: comes back to the GBCs.
1: Yeah. So that yeah. way it is also the ultimate spiritual Yeah, yeah, sure. GBC is spiritual. Everything in ISKCON is spiritual. ISKCON is not a material organization. Like if somebody says that the GBCs are uh, a bunch of materialistic managers, <laughs> no. <laughs> At least that's not how Srila Prabhupada seen that or created that. <laughs> I mean, there is a room for improvement, <laughs> no doubt about that. Sudhakar? Guru Maharaj, many times I am running to the train, you know, missing a train in five minutes. Him better. I see him on the road, begging for
3: a dollar or two. Giving him a dollar is not solving his ultimate problem. Should I give him the dollar or should I just to Krishna that, you know, do something for him or
1: Save it and give it for Krishna conscious purpose (laughs) Because Prabhupada didn't encourage us to give in charity like that to beggars Uh, Like you know you may give him money and with that money he'll eat meat and get drunk and drink Or sometimes they'll even take intoxicants So why uh, help him in that? Uh, rather, you utilize your resources for the right cause. And, the, and donations, Prabhupada said, and Bhagavad Gita actually says, you know, the donation given in a mode of goodness is for uh, the benefit of the society, promoting Krishna consciousness. made I say biased people, not God conscious,
3: but you know, they do do drinking and feeding kind
1: of Better still is carry some Krishna prashad and give it to them instead of giving money. That's what we do in India, you know, like whenever we stop in traffic lights, beggars come and we give them Krishna prasad, they're happy. So when you give them money you don't know how they're going to utilize it rightly or wrongly. If they utilize it wrongly then you are going to get the uh, karmic reaction for that also for help assisting him. Uh, Therefore make it a point that your donation is used for the right cause so that you derive the benefit from that. Okay. But if somebody renders some service to you, then you can pay. That is different. Like, if somebody does something for you, you give him. You can give him even some tips also. Okay, it's already past 12.30. Thank you all very much. All glory. All glories to his divine grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada Jagat Guru Shila Prabhupada ki. Gaur Preman Deha His grace Ravindra Prabhu Ki Our grace Mother Sudhamani Ki All glories to the Assembled authority.
0: Gaur Preman